everyone, just wanted to give you a quick content warning here. We do discuss mental illness and our struggles with it in this episode. If you or someone you know is contemplating suicide or has suicidal ideations, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And remember, you are not alone. fandoms first mini episode these episodes will be made to help highlight a topic or a piece of media that we find important or important to us or important to you so today with me i have kate hey it's kate and megan mini episode mini episode we're making mini episode <laughs> <I've heard. laughs> it's fun size fun size megan size like hey. megan <laughs> Uh, we've recently talked about the Disney princesses, and during that episode, we intentionally left out Queen Elsa and Princess Anna. We did this because out of all the princesses, they have seemed to capture the public's attention. Um, they're just out there everywhere. You can walk into Target, and you can find a whole section of Frozen stuff. And this is before Frozen 2 came out. Just the original movie. It was huge. Um, it came out when my girls were two, two and a half, and it overtook their lives for like three years. <laughs> I'm so glad we're over it. Because we had so much frozen stuff. Mm. But it captures uh, little girls' attention. Like, it's really big. Today we're just going to discuss the original movie. So, what did you guys think of the first movie? Oh, I have to start? Oh, you guys don't want me to start. Okay, I'll start. (laughs) I did not like this movie. I still do not like this movie. My biggest complaint with this movie has to do with the way that this movie was marketed. Because this movie was marketed as a new type of princess. This is the new, the dawn of the new princess age. We're not going to focus as much on the romantic love. These are going to be strong, independent female princesses who don't need no man. And they pushed it over and over. This is the feminist movie. This is the feminist princess. This is the very first like sequence is like, oh, I fell in love with this dude and now I'm going to get married to him. And I'm just like, okay. And then you keep going and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, that was the bad guy and you had to have the ruse and everybody points out that she can't marry someone she just met, which I thought was delightful. I was like, way to go Disney poking fun at yourself there. But then she falls in love with Kristoff and the whole movie is like her and Kristoff buddy copping together and flirting and then you get the whole fixer upper song and, and all this stuff. And then in the end, it is Elsa's love that saves her. But you could have cut the whole Kristoff storyline out of the movie and I feel like you would have gotten the same movie with a stronger message about the sisterly familial love and the other thing that bothered me was we just had Brave like Brave came out what maybe two years before this movie did uh yeah not even yeah Brave came out in 2011 I think. which was completely about familial love <laughs> there was no romantic love interest in that movie at all whatsoever and then right after this movie we get Moana that's the same way it is all about familial love and in no way, shape, or form about romantic love. But this is the movie, for some reason, that Disney decided to stake their feminist flag in. And I just don't get it. I really, I never got it. And Olaf is fucking annoying. <laughs> Olaf is the worst, quote-unquote, animal sidekick that has ever been made. My I hus- cannot stand him. My husband also dislikes Olaf with a passion. Oh, he's awful. <laughs> and his stupid um, Snow in Summer song is the worst. It is one yeah. of the worst Disney songs I've ever heard. 
summer. Yeah. When I first saw Frozen, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was on board. I was like, yeah, this is great. But I do agree, they, they totally glossed over Brave. And I think part of the reason that that happened, and I don't know if Disney did it on purpose, they might have, is that Brave doesn't have any sing-alongs. Frozen has sing-alongs. Um, so they can push the music. And that's, I think, what draws in the kids, is they like to be able to hear the music and go, oh, that's Frozen. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, that's from Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sing-alongs in Brave. So part of the reason I think it got glossed over a lot is because there's no sing-along. There's no extra stuff that you can't, like, get a bow and arrow and push a button and it sings a song from Brave. Right. Where you can get a wand. God, we had these. They were so annoying. And you can push a button and it sings Let It Go to you. The most annoying toy ever. Um, <laughs> so I think that's part of the reason why it got glossed over. Yeah. Well, also, wasn't Brave a Pixar movie, technically? It was, it was yeah, Disney, so Disney, Disney, Disney Pixar. Disney well, right, Pixar. but what I'm saying is that yeah. that was a Disney Pixar, whereas... Um, Moana <coughs> and Frozen were both just, just Disney. Right. That's true. Yeah. That is also as well. Yeah, and I will say, true. coming from a musical standpoint, because I am a person that very much values music in these movies and music in general, um, the music overall in this movie is phenomenal. Yeah. Let It Go gives me chills. But I also love Idina Menzel. I think she has an amazing singing voice. And I think also um, uh, Kristen Bell has an amazing mm-hmm. singing voice. And I think that she does a wonderful job in this movie. And they're so different. And they do such an incredible job of highlighting the differences between the sisters also. Like yep. Their singing voices and the way that they do that mm-hmm. is so different. And the way that they act as well. Like, Adina Menzel doesn't usually play the, the goofy, charming, but, but bumbling, goofy girl very well. Kristen Bell plays it so goddamn well. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Wait, what? <laughs> right, you know, and it's like, oh, finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. I do think that they did a really great job casting this movie. Yes, I, I enjoyed the casting. I enjoyed the music. I liked the aspect of the Disney poking fun at itself and her falling mm-hmm. in love with a guy and then wanting to marry him and then it turns out he's a bad guy. I thought that was really cool. I also think that that's an important lesson for little girls to learn, that the first person that you quote-unquote fall in love with isn't always necessarily going to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Love is not something that's going to change a person's motivations or right. who they are at their core. I think that's a very, very important thing to teach little girls. But I just... This movie has so many good things about it, and for me, it was just so far overshadowed by by the choices that they made in the way that they did the marketing around this movie because they wanted to make the feminist movie, but they didn't want to go all the way yet. Right. But then we got it in Moana, which, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. Frozen is still the thing that people point to. It's not Moana. It's still Frozen is still way more popular than Moana. Oh, well, yeah. And it's similar to the way that people always point to the, the Wonder Woman movie as the feminist movie when well, we already discussed the fact that Captain Marvel did a much better job of it. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. I think Captain Marvel is the more popular, more feminist movie. From I don't know. I get a lot of pushback when I talk about it. I also think it kind of depends on, like, DC Marvel camps are so entrenched. <laughs> I think yeah. it definitely depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> if you're talking to a diehard DC fan, I don't know if you'll ever get them to admit that Captain Marvel was a better feminist movie than Wonder Woman, just because Wonder Woman was first, and it did do it. Like, Wonder Woman did what it set out to do, mm-hmm. just not well. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of what we, th- that's kind of where I'm at with Frozen. Frozen yeah. did what it set out to do. I just don't think they did it well. 
Like, I just don't think that this is the feminist triumph that they wanted to portray it to be. So do you think you would have been more okay with it if they hadn't pushed the feminism standpoint as hard? Do you think that overshadowed your opinion of the movie because they did that? Yes. Yes, 100%. I think think that that outside pressure of Disney saying... And I don't know if Disney ever overtly came out and said, this is the feminist movie. I think this was just... They, they did push it. Yeah, they yeah. pushed it. And they, 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 they let going, that conversation It's a different be type of love. It's a different, you yeah. know, it's not it's not romantic. Which I think is wonderful. Yes. But if you're mm-hmm. going to do that, why did Kristoff need to be in I the think, movie? He I didn't. Think, uh, if you remove Kristoff, the movie is exactly the same. Kristoff's the sexy lamp. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> now, did I, did I enjoy Kristoff? Yes. I love Kristoff as a character. He's one of my favorites. Just I think because Christoph, he's just a, yes. such a nice guy. I think Kristoff is a fun character. I would have loved to see them just be friends. Yeah, they could have totally Cut out the friends. whole thing about the weird little gnomes and the fixer-upper song. That's and the, the rock trolls. I have things the to rock say about trolls. that song. That's it. Yeah, the fixer-upper song I don't like that bothers song me on all. so many levels. Yeah, it does. This is so two verses talking about how people are fixer-uppers and you can fix them up with a little bit of love and then they go into this bridge about... I'm, we're not saying you, you can't change really change him, him because people, people never really change. Yes, yes, yes. thank you. Yeah. Musical interludes. Um, but, like, you know, it's like, we are well, what princesses. are you? <laughs> that, I'm not even joking. When I was little, that was my dream. I wanted to go to Disney and be a Disney princess. I'm too fucking short. <laughs> the only Disney princess I can be is Tinkerbell. <laughs> and my hair's the wrong color. Also, they treat their Disney princesses like shit. Yes, they do. That's a whole other thing I'll do. But anyways. Fix her upper. Fix her upper. Yeah, and then they go into this bridge about how people don't change. And, you know, it's just like, why? what is the purpose of the first two verses that you even sang? Like, what is the purpose of that? Mm -hmm. That entire song is just so... I watched it again with Rick, and I looked at him during the song, and I was like, what the ever-loving fuck is happening right now? And it's such a divorce from the movie, too. Mm -hmm. It's like the movie's going along. And then all of a sudden you get this weird fixer-upper song, and then you're back to, oh, Anna's heart's frozen. Yeah. Like, it's it's a weird, really weird tangent, and then it comes back, and it really takes you out of the movie. Right. And so, I, so yeah. I think the reason they go on that tangent I, I is they needed to establish the rock trolls in some other way, so then they could bring in that end scene where they explained why Elsa, or Anna didn't know about Elsa's powers and all that stuff. Oh, they the needed to be thing. able to to bring that around somehow, so they stuck in this weird song in order to make that happen. Also, so Kristoff's an ice harvester. In the beginning, you see him as a little kid with baby Sven, which are really, really cute. It's so adorable. Okay, but he's following the adult ice harvesters, the other dudes, mm-hmm. but then he gets adopted by the rock trolls. So is he on his own? Do the o- older adult ice harvesters don't, like, they don't care about him and just let him go? Where are his parents? Like, do the rock trolls steal him? Did they kidnap him? <laughs> like, God, Kristoff was a changeling. Like, what happened? Like, wait, like what is going on with Kristoff? Like, obviously, like he, like the older ones knew he was there because they look at him and they make eye contact with him a couple of times during that first song. But Which like, is also what? a good song. I, I definitely, like, I definitely want a prequel of just Kristoff and Sven as kids. Oh, can you imagine? I would like to see a short of that, but maybe not necessarily a, a whole movie. movie. Yeah. Oh, no, I want an entire movie. I love Sven. <laughs> you just want an entire movie about the reindeer. I just want Sven. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You don't want Kristoff. Kristoff is fine. He, he, I like the way Kristoff voices him, because I do the same thing for my dogs. <laughs> yeah. The 
other radio, thing that people. It's true. Funny. The other thing that bothers me about this song is that it kind of sets a dangerous precedent. A thing that's come up and, and been a, a frustration for me is this idea that love can change you. Love of yourself or love from someone else or any of that stuff. It's no, it doesn't. You, you I'm not saying that people can't change. People can change. But that's a thing that you have to decide. You have to internalize. And you have to do. There is no amount of love in this world that will change someone who does not want to change. I can say that love can be a stepping stool for you to be able to make those changes. If you know you have someone in your corner that loves you that will be there for you, right. but it's not going to be the catalyst to make you change. No. And I think that it is dangerous to tell little girls that you, if you yes. love him, he will change. That's back to the Beauty and the Beast thing, too. It's like, just because... Bell loves the beast so much mm-hmm. he changes and that's that's not how that works right well and then we also talked about that entangled with Eugene you know which we haven't released yet but we talked about how it's so problematic that you have him like changing for love and making it seem like he's like the bad boy but Mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's not anymore it's fine yeah and how like how much that's an issue mm-hmm. yeah you know i've talked a lot of about the negative things that i really dislike about this movie but there's one huge huge positive thing that disney has come out and confirmed and said is true that i absolutely love about this movie and that is that elsa's journey is supposed to be a, a comment on mental illness Mm-hmm. And she is supposed to be a character that struggles with mental illness, and that comes through in the movie. And the power of that is amazing. Yeah. But I'm curious, I as an adult who understands mental illness, know I have a mental illness, can look at that character and say, I recognize a lot of myself in that character. I'm curious how that comes across to little girls. Or just hmm. kids in general. Or kids in general, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't, yeah, it definitely doesn't have to be specifically little girls, but I'm curious if how that comes across to kids. Because um, I don't think there's necessarily anything bad in the way that they depicted Elsa in this movie at all. But I'm, I'm curious how that reads to the audience that that was intended for. Kids are smarter than we give them credit for, even though they might not be able to voice it with words and be articulate about it. Um, I think they understand more on a deep level that than we give them credit for even the two-year-olds like Mm -hmm. they they're super empathetic to each other and other people so i think they they wouldn't be able to say oh yeah elsa has depression um but they would be say yeah she's sad yeah you know they would be able to recognize that i think yeah um Mm -hmm. and then her being able to bring herself out of it Mm -hmm. um and and finding something that she loves to be able to do but yeah when this movie came out i was working with middle schoolers more so so it was a little bit older than the actual target audience but they still loved it and a lot of them, what they recognized was the fear in Elsa. Mm. Um, and especially a lot of them who are just starting out with diagnoses of depression and anxiety. The fear that comes with that as well, you yeah. know. And it was a really useful thing for me to be able to be like, okay, so you see that. You see that in that. Let's talk about what happens afterwards, mm-hmm. after the fear goes on. Let's talk about how she, at the end, even though she's scared, she can do it. Like, you know, and yeah. like helping in that sense. It was a very, um, it was a helpful tool in my little toolbox of working with middle schoolers who are all fucked. So <laughs> there are all kinds of a hot mess. I'm sitting here and thinking about the song that Elsa and Anna sing together when Anna comes up to the ice yeah. palace. And she's talking about, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm here for you. And all you hear is Elsa constantly saying, I can never be free. I can never get away from this. Yeah. I can't do this. 
And, like, just sitting there and thinking about how many times I've done that in my personal life. Like, how many times I've sat in a depressive hole and thought, like, oh, I'm going to tear up. Woo! I love Elsa. I will say that, yeah. like, the Let It Go song, I literally have cried sometimes thinking about that song and, like, the what it means to me as a person who lives with depression. Like, Elsa herself, I really love. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the way that Disney marketed this movie, which is why I have such a negative connotation with it. But thinking about that song and thinking about myself sitting in depression and just praying, like, there were times when, back when I was religious, where I would just pray and all my whole prayer would be, Please just take it away. I will do whatever you want if you just take it away. And if you just make me normal. And if you just make this okay. And I don't have to feel like this anymore. Oh, okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but, like, hearing that song is so powerful from that standpoint of someone who has had that exact same thought of this thing that you didn't want, you didn't ask for, and now you just kind of have to figure out how to deal with, and you don't think that you're strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that giving kids the tools for that and Disney actually coming out and saying, like, she is a representation of mental illness mm-hmm. is just so important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so important. I just mm, I just really wish they had not added Kristoff, even though I like him as a character. I wish... Would you have been better if they hadn't, like, done the romantic part of it? Like, if they had just, like, he was just concerned as a friend and there was no kiss at the end or yes. anything? Yes. Oh, yes. I would have been totally fine like, with they that. they just, like, bump shoulders, like, hey, hey buddy. Hey, buddy, thanks. <laughs> yeah, if it had been, if it had yeah, been Christoph, a thing. Buddy cop. <laughs> buddy yeah, cop movie. Yes, that'd be so cute. <laughs> if it had been a thing where, like, maybe Kristoff was the ice harvester specifically for the palace. So he became Anna's friend because he was the only person she could talk to. Because Elsa was locked up in her tower and her yeah. parents had, you know, shipwrecked. The so if Christopher had been the official ice harvester for, you know, the... Arendelle. The, yeah, for the palace. And Anna, Anna and him had become friends. And then, like, when Elsa left, she was like, hey, friend Kristoff, I really need your help. Can you help me? That, to me, would have been a much more compelling, interesting, fleshed out... That would have been a way better story, in my opinion, than the story they ended up telling. Even if you left the Han stuff in. Because I think the Han stuff was important. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if you left that in. If that had been the story instead of, oh, well, I'm betrothed to Han. Which, by the way, she did say yes. Like, they agreed to get married. She's engaged when she starts running around with Kristoff. And then they are, like, flirting and falling in love through this whole thing. So that's also another weird... Well, I don't know. I think, like, if I... I don't remember them... I mean, I remember them flirting a little bit, but, like, you're gonna get that. They're teenagers. But then, like, they don't really, like... I don't think he actually, like, falls for her, really, until after the whole fixer-upper thing, and they're staring, standing in the marriage hole. Right. <laughs> dressed in all of that stuff that they throw him on, and then he gives her a look like, oh, oh... Right, and but then, they still haven't gone back claps. and seen Han Yeah, and then, then, right, and then she collapses and then he ride, rides back, but he takes her back because he knows that she's engaged. Right. So he, he understands. Kristoff knows and he takes her back. Right. And then when they're riding and he's riding and he takes his hat off and puts it on her head and snuggles her close, we're like, aww. <laughs> right, but, but wouldn't all of that be just as awe and just as affirming if they had just been, been friends? friends? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And wouldn't that, I feel like that would have been a much better portrayal. Because there aren't that many stories out there that show little kids that boys and girls can just be friends and there doesn't have to be anything else between them. Moana. 
Well, yeah, That's the exactly. first one. <laughs> Moana. Mm-hmm. But we got Moana after this. Yep. And Moana isn't the thing that they stuck their feminist flag in. <clears throat> because even now, when you talk about feminist Disney stories, this is the one that comes up. Not Moana. That's true. Even though Moana and Brave, in my opinion, are both much bigger feminist triumphs than this one is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I'm not, like I said, I like Kristoff. I think he's a wonderful character. I think Sven's a wonderful character. I don't understand why we need the Olaf and we got Sven. But sure, we've got Olaf. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Because every, not every Disney movie, but a lot of them have the animal sidekick that can speak and the animal sidekick that's just an animal. Yeah, I guess that's true. There's always a sidekick, like, comic relief that speaks and then a sidekick animal or something that doesn't speak. Yeah. Because in Moana, you had Hey Hey, <laughs> who didn't officially speak... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But he spoke, and then you had... Ma- Maui. No, not Maui, the pig. Oh, the pig. I, didn't, I don't count the pig as a sidekick, because he was only on the island. I agree, but then you only have the one sidekick. Uh, but the pig true. was the other... Because when she was... Her toys all have the pig. Uh-huh. And that's why I don't like the pig in that movie. We're yeah. getting off topic. topic. No, but the they, they, push, they push the pig. The pig, the pig, the pig. I'm like, he was there for five minutes in the beginning and like two minutes at the end. He wasn't actually a character. Yeah, I didn't understand it either when I watched the movie. I was like, man, I thought this pig was going to be a way bigger deal than it ended up. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. So, uh, LGBTQ plus things, themes in Frozen. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this a little bit off mic. Yes. About... Um, Oaken. Yes. Woohoo, family! <laughs> and you get a picture into the sauna, and it's kids and an adult male sitting there. Yeah. And not in a weird way. No. Not in a weird way. No, it's... Um, yeah. So that that what, that was Disney's little, like, you know, like, here's a little taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the theory around Elsa possibly being uh, gay. Mm-hmm. Which you guys said kind of crumbles a little bit under the weight of Frozen 2. The, but... the way I saw it. But we can talk about more about that more in Frozen, Frozen 2 when we do Frozen 2. But. I think Disney, Disney's doing this a lot um, right now. And yeah. it bothers me. I've always called it the J.K. Rowling effect. I don't know what anybody else calls it. But the reason I call it this is because J.K. Rowling, after all the movies and all the books and all the things came out, was like, oh yeah, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. And we were like, okay, but why didn't you just put that in the books then? Why did you need to add that as a, like, addendum? Like, right. if, if he was gay, then it should have been put somewhere in the books You didn't necessarily need to have Dumbledore look at Harry and be like, I'm gay, Harry. Like, that's not what needed to happen. But, like, we went through his memories at one point. Like, we did all this stuff where it could have been established at any point that he was gay and you chose not to. And that is kind of the line that a lot of companies are taking right now. Where they'll make something and then later they'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, that character, that character's bi. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right, but you're choosing bi because they can be with either a man or a woman. And then they were never with the opposite sex, so there's no way to prove and or disprove. Also, you're making all of those of us that are bi and have only been with one sex feel way, like, not feel even more invalidated because you're just perpetuating this stereotype of being bi means you have to choose a side. Mm -hmm. And, like, that kind of stuff just bothers me. And Disney is doing it right now where they'll let people, because Disney doesn't do it. What they do is they let other companies put out these big, like, articles saying, oh, Disney is talking about bringing an LGBTQ character to the Marvel Universe, to the Princess Universe, to the Star Wars Universe. Like, And Disney never has to come out and expressly say it, but then later, if they make the movie and it doesn't happen, they could just be like, well, we never said that. Yeah, right. And it's like, no, but you let everyone put it out there. If you're not going to do it, then you should come out and say, we're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that is more genuine than just letting it go. But 
I'm glad that we have Oaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even if it was a really small little, like, teaser type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still nice to see that it was put in there with intention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't somebody projecting that thought on there. It's not, oh, well, maybe. It was very intentionally put in there as, yes, he mm-hmm. is a gay man and he has a husband and they have kids. Like, it was very so intentional. Sweet. And I just I just love the, woohoo, family! And they all go, woohoo, back! And I'm just <laughs> like, this is beautiful. It's so good. He's a really cute character. He is. And, I, and he comes back in Frozen 2. Oh, good. So. Yes. That's very good. Yeah. He's not a big character, and I don't think he says anything. I mean, he's not a big character in Frozen 1, but... But he is there, and we get to see more of him, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, anything else, everybody? I mean, I think we went over our little fem- fandom questions, mostly. There's no characters with uh, disabilities or mm-hmm. anything. There's no people um, of color. Uh, no. Mm-mm. But it's like we've talked about with some of the other Disney's, uh, Disney princess movies. It's where it's placed. It's yeah. where it's placed. They talk about fjords, so they're up north. Yeah, and does that is that necessarily right? No, maybe not, but... It's where it's placed. It's, it's where it's hard, placed. Yeah. And I, I mean, it is a cartoon, so you could take some creative licenses and, and put some people of color in there. But I do think we get a person of color in Frozen 2. We do. And yes. he gets a pretty big mm-hmm. role from what I've seen in, uh, yeah, in trailers fairly. and things. Decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah fairly. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. exciting that at least they're they're thinking about that kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of back to our discussion about mental health is like when this came out as well, it was when I was dealing with a lot of that stuff as well. And like it was really interesting watching my sister take the role of Anna and me taking the role of Elsa and how much that song that you mentioned did coordinate very strongly the conversations that we had of mm-hmm. of, you know, her being like, I'm here, we got this, we can do this together. Don't worry, you're not by yourself and then me being like mm. I am unsure that I'm gonna make it through this one, guys. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. And just how how poignant that was to be able to see that kind of in a broken down and distilled version. Because yeah. I could watch a movie and be like that. That right there is how I'm feeling that I can't put into words even though I'm a grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just can't. But I can tell you and point to this is how I feel. Yeah. This is what I'm dealing with. I think that's Help. important with media in general is is the ability to see yourself and be represented. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the words or you don't have the ability to say things, being able to go, that character, that is me. Mm-hmm. And other people being able to go, oh, oh. okay. Yeah. So these are the wa- these are the ways I can help you or assist you or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I, I think that's important just in media in general. Yeah. yeah. I also really enjoyed the way that they portrayed Anna's um, support of Elsa. Mm-hmm. It was never a like, oh, just get over it, you'll be fine. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people try to do with mental illness because it's all in your head and it's not real. And all you need to go is walk outside in nature. That's not real life. That's not how that works. That's not how mental illness works. The best thing that you can do for someone with mental illness is ask them what you can do to help. And if they say, I don't know, just ask them, can I be here with you? And that was basically what Anna kept trying to do. She just wanted to be there with Elsa. Can you build a snowman? Can you build a snowman? Or do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because she just kept asking and just like, basically, I'm right here on the other side of this door if you need help. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the other thing was not trying to push past that yeah she didn't that, she could have easily opened the door yeah like mm-hmm. she was like she could open the door but she didn't she stayed on her side of the door yeah. and was just like hey i'm here if you need something and just having yeah. that space and respect yeah because i think that's another thing that people who don't have mental illness that are struggling to help someone with mental illness doesn't don't realize that sometimes busting down that door 
is more detrimental Mm -hmm. than just letting someone be behind that door and try to figure it out for themselves. Sometimes just sitting next to somebody is all they need. Exactly. And and I cannot tell you how many times, like, my husband has just sat with me. And I've been a hot mess and, Mm -hmm. like, sobbing and can't figure out what is even going on. Like, I literally had a panic attack a couple of, like, weeks ago because... Something was wrong, but I had no idea what it was. And, like, saying that out loud sounds so stupid, but that is what was going on in my head. And I was sobbing Mm -hmm. because something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. And he was just like, okay, I am here and I will wait until either you figure it out or you feel like nothing is wrong anymore. And that's what we did. And he just stayed up with me for hours until... I worked through what was going on in my own head and mm-hmm. like that is the thing that is way more helpful than anything else is just being there. Yeah. Because sometimes we can't reach out. Like I know all those people that are like, "Oh, if you're having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to me." blah blah blah. That reaching out doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah, reaching out isn't always an option when you're stuck yeah. so far in that hole. Yeah. You need people that are going to be there. You, if you are someone who is who is a friend or a family member or a partner of someone that has mental illness, please reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Even if you think things are fine, just reaching out to them sometimes is so important. So, so important. Yeah. My sister, when she would see me start to spiral, she'd just look at me and go, you want to build a snowman? That was how she'd ask if I was okay. It was mm. always just, yeah. you want to build a snowman? Or she'd, or she'd do it like a, like a little kid. You want to build a snowman? <laughs> and I was just like, okay, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not good. Or no, I'm actually doing all right today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm okay. Today's an okay day. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very, just that idea of reaching out and just checking. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they push back, you checked, and that means more than anything to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that is the thing me. that they are going to remember. Yeah. They are not going to remember your Facebook posts of, oh, if you need help, or your, your tweets, or your, you know... People don't remember that. People remember the calls of just like, hey, just want to check in on you today. Or the texts. Or the direct messages. Like, I'm not saying that you necessarily have to drive to somebody's house and show up and stand outside their bedroom door while they cry. That is not <laughs> that is not at all my, my intention. But even just a text message of like, hey, I was thinking about you today. I wanted to make sure you were doing okay. Like, even just that is 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 so important. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I guess we do have characters with, uh, I don't want to say disabilities, but... With, uh... Yeah, I don't... Mm. Issues that uh, divert from... Yeah, there are definitely uh, some non-neurotypical characters yeah. in, this, in yeah. this. Like, Elsa is for sure. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've said that. And I don't know if it's necessarily... I don't know if the character Elsa herself necessarily has depression, but I think that her... She is the embodiment her, of that. Exactly. And she shows that through her actions and how she deals with the, the Yeah, world. I think yeah. it's more of a side effect from her power. I feel like her powers are more the depression. Well, I mean, you would be... And, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I understand why Elsa and Anna's parents did that with Elsa. Like, hide it, conceal it. Like, I understand why they did it because they didn't want anybody to get hurt, but also, like, that's not very nice you know mm-hmm. so someone on my twitter feed and i'm not gonna call them out because they posted it to their friends and their followers on twitter and so i don't think that it's my space to then post that to the rest of the big wide world the whole world knows but that. someone on my twitter feed recently um shared their struggles um this year with suicidal thoughts and ideation and i thought that just seeing that was not a Affirming, but just reminded me that there are other people who struggle the way mm-hmm. that I struggle. So I think it's important to 
have these kind of discussions where you were very upfront about like, because I think it needs to be normalized. Mm-hmm. It is still such a stigma. I remember getting hired on to the job that we all work at and being very upfront with our with our boss and saying, like, I have depression. And, you know, that means that when these types of things happen, I can't handle it. And she was, like, totally taken aback by that. Because I, see that. <laughs> I don't think that she had any idea of how to deal with that. But I was so tired of working jobs where things would happen, like, I was verbally assaulted at the job that I had before this one. And when that happens, I shut down. I can't be screamed at. It is, I, I will shut down. Even sometimes when I hear friends who are using, like, their dad voice or their mom voice, even that will sh- trigger and shut me down completely. And I, I'm not a functional adult and definitely not a functional adult who should be taking care of infants, which is what I was taking care of at the time then. So when that kind of stuff happens, I have to leave. Like, and, and you should never be verbally assaulted at your job ever no. for any reason anyway. But then to be verbally assaulted and then also told that I'm a bad employee because I couldn't deal with the verbal assault and someone screaming at me because I needed to go home after that kind of, a, of an episode, that sucked. So when I got this job, I decided to come into it and be very upfront with the way that I am and basically say, like, if this is the culture that you breed here, I'm telling you right now that that won't work for me. And thank God it's not. Right. It's definitely not the culture that we work with Mm -hmm. at our job at all. But also I think we need to start normalizing that. I think we need to start having those conversations where we tell our bosses and our friends and our acquaintances and things the same way we would if we had... Crohn's disease or um, maybe not HIV AIDS because there's still a big stigma around that too unfortunately but like or severe migraines migraines or cancer like if we've had that happen in our personal lives recently and like being able to share those things means that people can reach out to you in a way that they can't if they don't know what's going on and I'm not advocating that everyone needs to share every single struggle that's ever happening in their life ever you share what you're comfortable with you're not comfortable with sharing or you're not safe sharing then don't then don't right but I am saying that I think that if you are in if you are privileged enough to be in a space where you are comfortable and you are safe sharing those things then we should because it normalizes Mm -hmm. those types of illnesses and it shows other people that you're not you're not alone guys like (laughs) tagline of our podcast you're not alone you are not alone if you are dealing with depression with anxiety with mental illness in general like I at least am someone who deals with those things and I will talk to you about how crappy that is because it sucks. Well, it goes it goes all for full circle right back to representation matters. Oh yeah. Um, seeing characters that deal with things that you're dealing with helps you understand yourself better and helps other people understand who you are. Um, I do not suffer from depression and anxiety. I am super chill. Um, <laughs> Thank God one of us is. Right? Um, but um, I do have people in my life that do deal with that, besides the, you two lovely ladies. So I am an ally, and I try to be as helpful as I can and just be there. Um, but having characters and media that is able to help explain to me how that feels for other people helps me be a better friend and a better ally and a better person to people who do suffer that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's where I'm at with all that. It just, representation matters. It matters. I in think, all walks of everything. Yes, like, <laughs> I, and, and we're sitting here and we're talking about this, and for us, this is an easy topic to talk about because two of us do deal with mental illness, um, but think about this if, if you're a person of color. 
Mm-hmm. Like, we are all white women, so we try to be as intersectionally feminist as we possibly can. We think that everyone yeah. deserves equal rights and equal representation. Yep. So think about that from the perspective of someone who's a person of color and not seeing, like, until, what, Pocahontas, Mulan, f- Mulan, maybe was the first one? I don't know. No, did, Pocahontas was before Mulan. We mm-hmm. did them in the we did them in order in the thing, but imagine waiting that long to have a princess right. that looks even vaguely like you. Well, not even and not only that, but just like yeah, seeing um, someone who's the same skin tone as you, but also like someone who's the same skin tone as you, but also suffers from depression or the same skin tone as you that is dealing with the same type of issues you are. So, like, I mean, Pocahontas... Or comes from the same cultural background that you do. We still, I don't think, have a Disney princess that really encompasses the culture that I think most African Americans would... Not modern, ...identify with. No. And even even Tiana is is very much from, what, the 20s? Mm-hmm. It was the 20s, so, like, that whole culture was 100% different than it is now. And like, they gloss it's just over like, a lot of the major yeah. issues that were happening in the 20s. Oh, they don't, yeah. They don't, don't go talk into about any, any of that. Of that. They're just like, well, we made a princess who is black, and that's really all we have to yeah. do. But no, you, you have to tackle the racism and the sexism and the mm-hmm. misogyny and the all the bad isms, like... <laughs> All the isms. All the isms. Like, it's so important. And, like, just thinking about this and realizing how how nice it was to see a princess with mental illness, like, it just makes me sad that we don't have more representation for more different types of people because it is so important. I think Disney is slowly, and I mean slowly, very (laughs) snail-crawling their way. (laughs) We're on a glacier. (laughs) Moving that direction. I mean, we had Oaken, we have Elsa... Um, we have some more POC characters coming. I mean, we have Moana. So, I mean, I think they're, they're, they're slowly trying to do it. And I mean, you could argue that that's the better way to do it, but also didn't, I think Kate, you said it takes two or three years to make one of these movies. So like the movie that's going to come out this year was conceived three years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and as things, and maybe that's why it seems slow that it's coming all that type yeah. of stuff is moving its way forward. I get so frustrated when I talk about this movie because I have such a supreme dislike for this movie, but then the more and more I talk about it, I'm like, oh, but they did this, and it was so good, and they did this, and it was so good, and well, they did I think, this, and it was so good, and I'm like... I think, well, here's the thing. I don't think you dislike the movie. I think you enjoyed the movie for what it was. I think you dislike the way Disney handled yeah, the movie. Yeah, I do agree And, with and that. I think maybe if you flip the script in your head, yeah. I think you'll be more okay with it. Yeah, yeah. You dislike the way Disney handled it, oh, completely. but you were... Either okay or good with the movie. I was okay with the movie. I so. think I can. I think I can get to okay. I don't think I can get to good. <laughs> we changed your mind. We I went think from we can get to okay. To okay. <laughs> I think I can get to okay. We got there. But I still really dislike the way that Disney handled. Yeah, the movie. absolutely. And that's so fine. Much. And especially that's right after fine. Brave. Especially right after. Right. Brave. Yeah. Brave was so good, and and it's one of those, and a lot of movies seem to fall that way. It's like if Disney doesn't decide to market them, then oh, yeah. and push them, yes, then they yes, kind yes, of fall yes. into obscurity. I do agree with that. So. Well, and I I think you're right about the singalongs, and I think I think we did discuss this when we talked about Brave. We talked about why there wasn't yeah a big as, push as for much it, yeah. music in in that one yeah. Um, and I think we talked about how disappointed we were about that yep. because uh-huh. of how good. There could have been some really, really great songs for mm-hmm. Brave. Yeah. Um, but also it's like a half, it's partially made by Pixar. So, and Pixar doesn't really do songs in their movies like Disney does. Yeah, so not it was nearly kind as much, of, right? All right. Are we all done with this mini episode? 
I think so. I think Everybody we... got everything off their chest? Yeah. Everything I want to with a microphone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'd like to thank Kate, who is our producer and is going to be our editor for this episode. So mm-hmm. good job, Kate. Thank you. Double duty. Woo! Mm-hmm. This uh, is duty. <laughs> <laughs> We're adults! <laughs> uh, if you want to contact us through what email, um, we are femfandompod at gmail.com. If you want to catch us on Twitter, that's femfandompod. You can talk to me, uh, Fern, at Fern Fandom. You can reach me, Kate, at Geekery and Coffee. You can talk to me, Megan, at Cali Rome. And I think that's it. So uh, we'll see you guys next time. And remember, no matter the fandom, you're not alone. Bye. Bye. Let it go.